You're dialed in to the Turn In 2 podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In 2 podcast. Back with me, as usual, the one, the only, Tito. Tito, it's been a couple weeks now. I was a little under the weather last week. Um, how is uh, How's your day going today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, tired. Um, we were just talking about Orange Theory and the dry try, as they call it, their version of the triathlon. And uh, my body feels pretty uh, worn out. So I uh, uh, can't wait to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, as you said, before we hit record, yeah, a filled weekend of everything st louis um sports in general man i mean it was popping off well yeah i mean (laughs) you look at everything from um march madness to uh Mm -hmm. the battle hawks to uh, st louis news uh, the cardinals news Um, yeah so I, i guess let's just hit this one head on yeah Let's start out with the Battle Hawks. Um, another W yesterday, pretty commanding W. Um, yeah, and and I believe uh, the team that they were playing just is not very good at all. Um, and so it's nice to see the Battle Hawks just take care of business. Really, yeah, I I didn't watch the game to be me either. Um, but 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 let me rephrase this. Me either because I expected them to win based on what. Oh yeah, that no, that's the exact yeah, that's the exact reason I had too. Yeah, I, I planned on it that I saw their opponent. And I said the boys got it. Yeah, the boys held it down for us. Um, yeah, so nothing to worry about there. GG uh, too easy. Yeah, too easy. Um, Blues won again. Um, I'll be honest, I I really. Have not touched a Blues game in a while, but they did win again. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to be invested when you know you're not making the playoffs, and you know, uh, you know, obviously they they're playing better as of late, in in my opinion, at least. It's just hard to be invested when you know the season's pretty much coming to an end here in the next couple of weeks, and it's not like it matters. Yeah. Um... It's hard. It, it it is, especially whenever you lose. Basically, you know, heartbeats of your team. Yeah, fan favorites for sure. And it's just it's it's a tough watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're trucking right along. Season's going to close out here soon, and um, hopefully, uh, they've got some tricks up their sleeve to um, make some things happen in the off season to make this young team better. You know and <laughs> The mm-hmm. rumor, rumors there that you know it may not uh, be that far fetched that Ryan O'Reilly comes back to St. Louis. I don't know, but um, maybe we'll see. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I kind of this sounds sad, but I only went to one Blues game this year. Normally, I go to about two or three, and then at least one playoff game and. Uh, to not have to go, not to be going back, you know, probably this year kind of stinks, but at the same time with just the other sports that are 
obviously about to take center stage or have taken center stage. There um, is a lot of it's just, going on right now. Yeah, it, it it's just it's too it's too uh, easy to pick the other uh, the win- teams the winning, to support. The team? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's too easy to do that. Um, speaking of winning teams, let's polish this St. Louis sports news off with um, City is now five and zero. Oh. Not just a, a normal win, no. yesterday, but an absolute ass stomping, an absolute masterclass, um, masterclass, man. It was awesome. It, and it's you know, I, I, I've noticed a lot of people, um, that like myself, you know, it's not like we just turn on the TV and watch soccer. I mean, I'm not gonna pick mm-hmm. it up and I'm not gonna watch, you know, um, random teams play, um, but. You know, it's fun getting to know the the players on City. It's fun, obviously, watching them succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it sh- to me, at least, you know, um, it's it's showing a lot of heart out of this team. For one, for two, I tell you what, and and I kind of really took notice of this yesterday. It, it seems very difficult when a team gets within, you know within range to score that it's like every avenue is clogged and the mm-hmm. team just does a really good job of, you know, not allowing teams to score, not allowing teams to have those good opportunities to score. Um, and it doesn't hurt at all that, that Berkey is absolutely amazing between the pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did notice yesterday, I felt like, that um that Salt Lake just kind of gave up after a while and it didn't yeah. look kind of like they were gassed. Um it looked like they were outnumbered and gassed and um you know I, I, all while City still you know pounding towards the goal and it's kind mm-hmm. of embarrassing as a franchise to to even give up like that and just keep letting it happen. Well, and I mean, and and to your point, whenever you still have 20 minutes left in the game and your stadium is as empty as it, you know, was when they get ready, you know, before the gates even open. Right. I mean, with no crowd in it, um, that's a tough scene um, for for Real Salt Lake. And uh, I want to go back to one thing that you said about uh, Roman Berkey and, and just the defense in general, right? It starts with Roman Berkey. And if you were watching the game, and I know you were, as as many were, that save that Roman Berkey had at the end of the first half was such a critical play in the entire game. Um, You can't say enough about his play yesterday. It was an absolute masterclass performance from him. He was so solid. That save again was just such a, a boost to the team to um, really just kind of lock down everything. Um, and, and as you said, you know when the defense is, steps up and, and and clogs the the middle area to not really allow a shot, um, that just speaks to the the leadership and the and the veterans on the team saying, "Look, we've got a job to do." Um, even, you know, Jao Klaus, whenever he, um, isn't on the ball, he's coming back to help defend. 
Um, and that's a that's the mark of a veteran that knows what's at stake here, right? Um, there were times where he would come back and, and try and win the ball, and he would often win the ball because I think uh, as MLS teams are now finding, he's he has deceptively big size and, and deceptively good power behind that size too. Um, so so re- all in all, yesterday was just a true team win, and, and one of those wins where you're just kind of sitting there saying, you know what, if that's how they're going to play every game, you'll take it every time. I mean, it was just a truly, truly amazing thing. And I I, I really wish they would have got me to uh, 5-0 scoreline or at least five goals or or what I like to call manita time, which is little hand time. Um, Well, because you're holding up if you – manita time is is like holding five five fingers up, so you're like holding showing a five. So it's called manita time. And, um, it just, uh, it would have been icing on the cake for me, but you know what, when you go out there and you win on the road, um, that's not easy to do. Um, but I had a feeling that this Real Salt Lake team was not ready for St. Louis city last night. Um, I had, I told you we were going to win this game. Um, I even told coworkers that we were going to win this game, uh, and to bet the over two and a half because that seems to hit every single time. And um, I'll, we'll continue to harp on that, but it was just a, a great win. And I'm, I'm so fascinated by how many people are tuning into games and catching on on Twitter and social media. It's uh it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, you can't ask for more really. Yeah, and um, I know we were talking yesterday about it, but going into yesterday's game, mm-hmm. Saturday's game, you know, Salt Lake had not allowed more than two goals in any match that they had played in. And um, not only that, but you were playing in their house. Um, so, you know, I was kind of on the fence what with what was going to happen. But it's just it, it's volume to um, what kind of team City mm-hmm. is with coming in and putting up you know more goals than uh, Salt Lake had had given up all season. Yeah, and um, not only that, but you know another zero goals allowed. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, nope. I mean this team's just running on all cylinders. And yeah, I assume. sooner or later they will lose a game Uh, (laughs) but at the same time like it just you kind of feel invincible with it and uh, it's it's a cool feeling it's a cool cool feeling that's for sure yeah yeah and i mean if you look at the schedule you know looking forward right you have next saturday against minnesota united which i think minnesota is a pretty decent team they'll give you a run for your money uh but this is a home game for city and you know, I think they they are going to preach and preach and preach this till they can't preach anymore. Defend your t- defend your home turf. Um, they're going to have to. If they want to make the playoffs and, and be a successful team. They have to win at home and against a team like Minnesota United, who can be beat. Um, I expect that. Um, so going into next weekend, they should beat Minnesota United. So you could see. Uh, city B six and O. By the time they have to travel to Seattle 
to face the probably the number one team in the conference outside of of city really um in seattle sounders and that's not an easy place to play um and you know they just took down um the supposed uh uh soccer capital of america and can in sporting kansas city uh pretty handily um so you know there is real opportunity for city to continue to pile on points Mm-hmm. Um, but that first real test is going to come against Seattle. And, you know, I, th- I think if city is six and zero heading into that game, um, it's going to be, it's going to be one of the, you know, the most watched games in MLS, ne- uh, in two Saturdays times. Uh, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Um, Oh, I, I did want to mention this actually about this. When you have a guy like Jao Klaus, you know, kind of pretty much firing on all cylinders offensively, it makes it so, so easy for the midfielders to control the field um, because defenders are going to be worried about Jao Klaus, where he is, where he is positionally at all times. Mm-hmm. That allows the midfield to kind of run freely and pass the ball between themselves. Um, as you know, as long as Jao Klaus is, is stays healthy and continues to score, continues to score, um, I, I just see no reason for this, you know, even the team to change their formation. The two, the two forward system works. It's a four, four, two. Um, it, it works for the midfield. It works for the defenders. Um, and obviously it works for Joaquini and, and Jao Klaus who have now scored in back-to-back games together. So, uh, it's, it's just, it's a nice, nice thing to, to see. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. so I can't wait. I can't wait to be there. I mean, I, I'm going next, uh, next Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I need to get up there soon. Yes. As soon as these damn ticket prices drop a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. I know it's, oh. it's crazy. You know, I, I did see somebody post something on, on Facebook and like the city groups and, or actually, no, no, no. Somebody had t- t- uh, replied to a tweet of mine. And they said, you know, I wish they they had made the stadium, you know, bigger because these ticket prices are expensive. And it's like, look, they knew what they were doing when they built this this mm-hmm. stadium. They, this is the same concept that I guarantee you. Should the Chiefs build a new stadium, I would be putting money on it that they would make the stadium smaller than it is right now. And the only reason for that is so that they can drive ticket prices up. That's the whole concept of it. Does it suck? Yes. Would well, you wish there were more so you could have more crowd? Of course. But the team has to to pay for things too. So you can't just say, "Oh, I wish this, you know, I wish there were more seats so it's less expensive." Well, that's fine, but then you can't afford players that make your team better. So there is a there is a, a left hand and a right hand here. Now, MLS stadiums don't get much bigger than 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 what we've got in St. Louis or what they had in Salt Lake, correct? Well, it just depends on who you. I mean, think about it. Seattle Sounders. They play at um, uh, the Seahawks Stadium. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, Atlanta United plays at Mercedes Benz Dome. Okay. Um, so it just depends on who the team is. So there are there are teams that have stadiums like well, this, right, built for that. But again think of the markets and think how long Seattle's been in the MLS and et cetera. So again, 
they knew what they were doing. They knew St. Louis was going to sell tickets. Yeah. And, and building a 22, 23,000, you know, seat stadium, they are essentially saying we are going to maximize as much profit as we can out of this and build a product. And, and to be fair, it's not like we've, you know, it, if we had lost all five games that we had played, you might see the ticket prices going down because, um, or at least stabilize because, you know, ah, it's a losing product. You're not going to be as, as invested, but they've won every single game. So why wouldn't somebody charge more to go see them play? Yeah. I mean, our best bet, honest to God, may have to be if you're ch- looking for a cheaper route, you may have to trip, take the trip over to Kansas City. Um, uh, I mean, I, I'm going, I'm going whenever city plays in Kansas city, that's where I'll be. I'm I'm going to, I already talked to some buddies. We're, we're making the trip over there. Um, and you know, that's over Labor Day weekend. So it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's reasonably affordable from what I can see, but it's not too far off. It's really not. No. And it'll probably be a, it'll, it'll be pretty fun atmosphere. Oh yeah. I guarantee that too. Um. Okay. Well, you know, as long as City keeps winning, we keep. Uh, we keep safe. winning too, right? <laughs> yeah, we keep winning too. It's just a win. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Since it has been a couple weeks, um, let's touch base a little bit, real quick, because it's over yeah. with, and mm-hmm. um, all of that. But let's touch base a little bit on the uh, the World Baseball Classic, um, um, semifinal Japan. games. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a what an absolute blast! Um, mm-hmm. The last few days, whether you won or lost, that the World Baseball Classic was. Um, I was not. I want to say I was at work or something like that, and um, I just quit watching because I was like, well, you know, Puerto Rico got this in the bag, and I pull up my phone and. Something crazy happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's baseball, though. At the end of the day, you know, that's baseball. Um, Puerto Rico put up one hell of a fight against Japan. Um, and actually, you know. Mexico, uh, Mexico. Huh? Mexico. Puerto Rico got eliminated oh, by Mexico. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my bad. You were you were kind of toot you were kind of tooting my horn until then until you said the Japan thing and I was like wait a minute we did put up a hell of a fight but it wasn't against Japan <laughs> yeah no no so um yeah that game yes that game see it's been so long my memory yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah. no that game was so good and mm-hmm. um you know I, I think a lot of people jumped on the backs of uh the thought that you know um. Randy or Rosarena was going to carry his team on into the championship game. Yeah. And um, I, Geo happened. Um, I, I, and, and honestly, looking back on, on the last few days of the world baseball classic, you know, one thing that I'll say about this, and I tweeted about it was on that final at bat from Gallegos to, uh, Murakami, uh, that stud of a left-handed bat. He's only 25, too, which is crazy to me. Um, but that's that that sequence, he throws a fastball down inner inner half of the plate, but almost down the middle, 
and it got fouled straight back. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, so he's on the fastball. Then he throws a slider for a ball on the inside. Then he almost he th- almost throws the exact same pitch right over the plate, and he gets smacked for a double. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you throwing him a fastball? Like it, it just didn't make any sense to me, and I, I don't, I don't blame Gallegos so much as the as the sequencing by the pitching and the manager or the catching and the manager, but like, well, it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, Mexico should have won that game. Oh yeah, they 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 probably should have won that game. Um, Puerto Rico should have beat Mexico too, but you know, there's nothing I can say or do anything about that. So no, I mean, all in all, um. You know, it's it, a, it was such a fun world baseball. It was, and, and I, I, I really say, this tournament. I'll say one thing about the championship game. Um, one, Derosa probably shouldn't have changed his lineup. I mean, he carried the same damn thing with Trey Turner batting ninth the entire time, and then decided the last game let's bump him up to six or whatever. Um, I mean, it kind of worked. It kind of worked. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything stopping Trey Turner from hitting a home run. Um, I'm gonna no, but but I think what he's trying to do there is because Trey Turner was so hot mm-hmm. that he was hoping that more guys would be on base in front of him yeah. earlier in the order. Um, it and obviously that just didn't pan out because Japan's pitching was just really really good. Yeah, and I mean uh, Otani was just absolutely dominant over Mike Trout. <laughs> I mean, yeah. blew the doors off of him. I, I, you know what, and and Mike Trout just didn't look good that game at all. No, he, he, I don't think, not that he's never not ready to hit, but I just think he was overmatched. Oh, I absolutely! Mean, when, when you got Shohei Otani coming in, and I, he's going to have adrenaline. He's th- pumping a hundred easy. Some of these guys, some of these guys playing for the U.S. probably have seen pitches from Otani before. I don't think Trout's mm-hmm. ever seen him pitch. Uh, I mean. I mean, I'm sure he's faced him live. You think? Uh, in, oh, yeah. I'm sure he has, oh. but not in a competitive setting like no, that. But here, here's the thing. It's not that he doesn't know what's coming, though. It's true. Because uh, at that point in the game, right, mm-hmm. Shohei Otani, all, he's he's looking for an out. His best pitch is, is a split-finger change, which all apparently all Japanese – Pitchers know how to throw, mm-hmm. um, and now um, Lars Newbar does too, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, he didn't even throw it. He didn't even have to throw it. No, to get Trout out. Trout was so late on that fastball. Yeah, it, it just it, it just blew my mind that he was not ready to go, ready to hit when he knows what Shohei's going to do. He's got to pump a fastball by you at some point. Be ready to hit, I think, but uh, that's easier said than done. Because yeah, a hundred miles is a hundred miles an hour. Like, come on, <laughs> Let, let's be real here. It's not. It's not like noise. where he's getting a a ball on the tee and saying, "Okay, hit a home run." Yeah, that thing's making noise as it comes swinging mm-hmm. by you like that. Yeah, that's, right, it's absurd. It, and and you know what? I said I thought Japan was going to win the entire thing on the onset of when we started talking about this. I, I said that their pitching was too good, their offense was good enough to win. Um, I didn't, th- I did not expect the U.S. to make the final. Um, no. The only reason that they did was because their lineup was just uh, chock full of all stars, and they did what they needed to do. 
except for that last game. Yep. And it, and it's it's tough. But yeah, no. Um, but I, I it think was, it was great. I know there's a lot of back and forth over the World Baseball Classic Mm -hmm. thing, but, you know, one guy received a contract from the Tigers. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a guy from Cuba. I don't know if you saw this, but a guy from Cuba defected. Wow. He was over here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm I'm sure that all in all, it's probably bringing more contracts to players that are unknown that we don't even know about. And a guy from a guy from Team Australia just got a contract with the Phillies. See, and that's and that's put everything to the side, and that is truly remarkable because these people mm-hmm. are being scouted. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not at a high level, but but um, these unknowns are coming in and they're getting contracts. Like that, that is very important. Um, well, there was a there was a pitcher. You'll rem- you'll recognize the name when I say it. He pl- pitched on Team Israel. In the 2017 World Baseball Classic, Rowan Wick. Yeah, he, he was in the Cardinals he, organization. Yeah, yes, he he was signed from from essentially the World Baseball Classic to the Cardinals, uh, because the Cardinals saw what he had. Yeah, I think he was throwing like 97 or higher or something like that with his fastball, um, and you don't see that very often. Um, and and he got picked up. So I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it, it is amazing that these players perform at a high level and, and get an opportunity. But that's, that's what I wish people understood who, who don't like the WBC. That's part of what this is all about. Mm-hmm. It's opportunity. Mm-hmm. That guy on Japan Murakami, I guarantee you he's coming to the major leagues. I can almost guarantee it. That guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roki Sasaki. Mm-hmm. The, the, 21 the twenty-one year old who's throwing a hundred and two mile an hour yeah. every single pitch. I mean, he threw what eighteen of nineteen fastballs over a hundred miles an hour on his Jeez. in his start. That's insane. Yeah, and that and you don't see that. This is why I wish people understood the WBC more. Is that we get to see every every culture kind of play baseball the way that they do. I and wish... if it wasn't for the WBC. We wouldn't know jack shit about these guys. No, no, and you and you hear a lot of fun stories too. You hear a lot, mm-hmm. of, and, and you know you see guys like from the Czech Republic and stuff that are normal people, and then they win enough to get into the dance, right. and then you know they're, they're you never know, things. man. I um, mean, look at that Group A. I mean, after the after all is said and done, every single team is two and two, and you have to go to runs you know runs allowed over outs i mean like that's insane dude i mean that's but that's what it's all about it's competition at a high level and you just take your chance yeah and i wish they would um and i don't even know how this would work or if it would be possible but i wish they were able to and it's i don't even know how it would benefit people in the right way but i wish they would stagger the times over here more so that the people in Japan didn't have to watch a championship game at, you know, eight o'clock. Four or five AM or yeah, whatever time yeah. it was. I mean, it's yeah. difficult to do because, you know, you're trying to essentially get everybody together and it's just, it's hard and I understand it, but I mean, I, I wish there was just a way to, to combat that and make it so everybody could, could watch it, but it's just, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. 
I don't think it's yeah. It's just it's just hard because I, you know you think of like the World Cup for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of the group games are happening at four a.m. Just like you know the World Baseball Classic, where you had to wake up at five a.m. to catch Japan playing Korea. Um, it's just it's just unfortunate uh, because of how it goes down. It almost makes me wish it was kind of like the Olympics, where there was a host country and everybody. All the teams were in, you know, one country, um, kind of like the World Cup as well. But uh, but I get it. I mean, it's just it's just tough. And logistically, you know, you do what you can. And I, I think they obviously most of the time the championship is always going to be played in the, in the United States or North America, at least mm-hmm. just because uh, of TV. I mean, it mm-hmm. just that's how it is. Yeah. Well, and did you see that? Uh, I don't know if you saw this, too. But allegedly, um, whenever I'm guessing, Shoei Otani was pitching to Mike Trout, 97% of TVs in Japan were on the game. I did not see that, and that is insane, actually. I want to say it was 97.1 and 97.6. That's actually very crazy statistic. I'm I'm assuming the the 2.9 or the 2.4 other percent of TVs were off. I would hope. I mean, that, <laughs> otherwise, I'm not sure what what else they'd be watching. But I, again, we we think here in America that we're the only ones that truly care about baseball. But know. that that statistic just proves exactly what everybody is trying to tell you about the WBC. That everybody cares about it. It is an international game all across the globe. It doesn't matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. It, it Baseball is an international sport. It, it's not played by everybody, but it is in other countries and it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's fun. Um, yeah. I can, I kind of wish, and I think it'd be difficult to do it, but I wish they would maybe expand the 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 rounds more just so we can squeeze in some more teams of of people that are unknown. Um you know, like you're uh, you're I, I like I guess I, I'm assuming that the 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 games the qualifiers aren't televised cuz no, not not really, but there are so many teams that go through the qualifiers. I mean, just to think, you know, in 2017, you had, or at least 2013, you had uh, Spain was actually a team, but they weren't in it this year because they were beat by the Czech Republic, I believe. Wow. Um, and so there are other teams out there that have, you mm. know, teams ready to play in these tournaments, but... You know, they, they go through the qualifiers and that's the tough part about this. If you were if you finish last in your group, you have to go through the qualifier yep. again. You're not guaranteed a spot in the next uh, iteration in 2026. Um, and and that's tough. I mean, that's not going to be easy. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, in 2026, the one thing that I would say that I wish that they do like I like I said the last you know a couple of episodes ago was diversifying the 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 team pools you know I'm not that I'm don't want to see the Dominican Republic and, and Puerto Rico play every single time 
uh, because that was one of the most entertaining games of the entire uh, tournament. But um, what I would like to see is, is maybe Japan and Puerto Rico in the same pool or even the United States and Puerto Rico in the same pool. Uh, Cause I don't think that's ever happened. Um, or, you know, United States and Japan in the same pool, that'd be really shitty, but it'd be hell of a, a baseball game right off the bat. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. And I, I get why they don't play it that often. Yeah. I wish yeah. it did happen more often. Not only it's a yeah. nice uh, gap bridger to the start of the regular season, but at the same time, I mean, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with the tournament and congratulations to Japan. They, they, they earned that win. That's for sure. Did they ever. Yeah. Um, are you ready to jump into some, St. Louis news and our predictions and stuff like that. I mean, I guess that's what this podcast is for, right? That is. I mean, we spent a lot of time <laughs> on other shit. Um, <laughs> well, the season starts in a few days. Um, Cardinals play their last spring training game on Monday. Um, after an, after a shellacking today by the whatever the Astros. Good thing um, I can't read. I can't. <laughs> I've, I've never been able to read. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the big news coming out of camp, um, Jordan Walker, number 18, mm-hmm. dad, is making the opening day roster out of spring training without playing in AAA, taking the Pujols route. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? I've got a lot of mixed emotion with this. Not necessarily negative, but just a lot of like wonder, excitement, uh-huh. you know, amazement. I I think part of me, you know, when I when I finally realized, you know, Jordan Walker was going to be with the team, I I think the first initial emotion I had was uh very pleased. I think he had a good enough spring to warrant a, a spot on the team. Um and the fact of the matter is, and, and you and I talked about this, you got to bring your best 26 men up. And if Jordan Walker was one of those 26 men that, that gave you the best chance to win, mm-hmm. then you do what you got to do. And, you you know, you have to have tough conversations with other players that might have been on the roster. I mean, uh, I'm sure the conversation with Juan Yepes wasn't very fun. Um, or some of the other guys like Dakota Hudson and all those other guys. But people, you know, you have to perform. And and Jordan Walker, that's all he did. Yeah, he went through a stretch where he, you know, people were speculating whether his shoulder was still bothering him. But then he launches another 400-and-something-foot home run mm-hmm. the next day. And it's like, oh, okay, never mind. False alarm. Um, and the fact of the matter is if the kid's ready, the kid's ready. Um, that That much is true. What I don't want people to what I want people to understand though is is do not put the expectation so high that you're turned off by like two games if he doesn't perform. Yeah. And that's gonna be very tough because it is still major league pitching. they will adjust to him. Um I saw somebody make a comment about 
Albert Pujols and, and Jordan Walker. And I got to be honest, I feel I feel very bad for Jordan Walker because that's not fair. Um, it's not fair to him, and it's actually really not fair to Albert Pujols either because Albert Pujols is arguably top five MLB player of all time, and um, and it's not really close. And 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 we all have to realize that Jordan Walker is not going to be Albert Pujols, um, and I don't want him to try to be Albert Pujols. I just need him to be Jordan Walker, and I think he's going to do that. But I, I want people to stay away from that kind of a conversation um, and let him play, let him do what he has to do. Um, the next thing I'll say about it, and I'll, I, I kind of want to reciprocate and ask you about uh, how you feel about this is um, I was a little surprised at the number 18, um, mainly because of the weight that it carries. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're ready to to move on from a, a thought, if you're ready to to pass the torch, per se, um, I can't really think of a better number for for uh, Jordan Walker than 18. Yeah, uh, um, and that's why I was very shocked. I was not expecting that. Kind of because mm-hmm. one of those numbers mm-hmm. kind of tucks away that you don't think about. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time. You know, I think it is a good time to. I, I I'll say this: the first time I saw Jordan Walker play baseball in the Cardinals organization, he was at third base. Now he plays in the outfield, probably eighty to ninety percent of the time. So mm-hmm. I will be referring to him as an outfield prospect. Um, so, with that being said, you know, going from eighteen with a highly touted outfield prospect in Oscar Taveras and now another outfield prospect that was number one in our system, number four, I believe, in the big. Yeah. Yep. Um wearing that number. And I saw somewhere too that he wore that number in, in high school too. So that may have a lot of play behind it. Sure. Sure. Um but I think you know it's it's um it's it's very cool and unique and i think if anybody can wear that number and and wear it proudly and do something with it it's it's going to be jordan walker mm-hmm. um and i think i'll just go with what you said you know the whole people you know don't expect a lot out of them or don't be hard on him or anything of that. Nature. Right. I mean, you, you can't in my eyes, one, he's, he's a kid, you know, he's, he's, he's a literal kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't even go into a bar and buy a drink. Um, does his maturity reflect that? Absolutely not. I mean, he's well over his age and maturity. Um, at the same time, you know, the kid's going to have to adjust he's going to have to adjust and you can't just judge just like they did with Carlson. Well, look Mm -hmm. at him. He's not doing nothing, dude. Just calm down. Just everybody Mm -hmm. calm down. Um, But uh, there's something very special about Jordan Walker. um, And we're going to find that out very soon. Yeah. I mean, this is a true sink or swim 
moment for him. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I will say this. If you bring him up, it only tells me one thing, that he's going to be playing yep. a lot. Yep. And he should be playing almost every day, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Which tells me that I think you'll probably see him in left or right. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Ali handles center field. Because normally that's a Dylan Carlson thing. But I truly think it will depend on the matchup. Um, I, I think it will depend on on the matchup and, and how... Um, hitters are, are faring over of the over the week um which is kind of crazy to think about because you know once harrison bader was traded i was like okay well dylan carlson's the center fielder of the future and and now you know not even a year later i'm not so sure uh and not that i don't think he should be because i think he plays a better center fielder than the others but the bat has to accompany the glove and if the bat isn't doing that um, and it's working for somebody else, Ali has has to make the choice. He has to manage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've been thinking the past, you know, shit, weeks now. Um, I think you'll be, see somebody moved at some point in time. One of the outfielders. Mm-hmm. Not packaged up with other people. Mm-hmm. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, the The nice thing here is is that you also have Alec Burleson, who's who's found his stroke here, left handed hitting as well. Um, so there there is a lot of flexibility that the Cardinals are bringing with them. Um, uh, you know, to the to the opening day roster. Um, so I I truly do like what they did with the roster this year. Um in the decisions they made. So, you know, we got to give everybody time. There's, there's going to be opportunities for people to, to really grab a hold of a position and, 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 you know, take their moments. Um, but you know, it's, it's down to the execution, right? The players have to execute. And, and I hope that Ali, um, manages that way as well and says look if you're not going to perform uh, you'll keep getting your work but i'm not going to start you." yeah yeah it's part part of it's part of the it's part of the process well starts thursday yeah i mean i I can't wait Uh, i think you and i both have said it wc more than prepared us for the start of baseball i'm i'm antsy i'm getting anxious uh i won't be there for opening day this year but i'll be there on saturday that'll be excellent um i will (laughs) not be however i will be up there soon let's go let's go okay so as we do every year before the season starts our show right before the season starts. We have to start throwing out these predictions. Mm-hmm. So, Whew. I'm ready. Who do you have? Oh man, this is who's going to be the team's rookie of the year. <laughs> on, on three, Jordan Walker. Yeah, we did it. Uh, Taylor Motter. <laughs> Taylor Motter. 
Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's going to be Jordan Walker, and he's a strong NL Rookie of the Year candidate. I actually had a guy, a buddy of mine, he has a couple of uh, early Jordan Walker rookie cards, and I said, you better hold on to those things as long as you can. Do not let them go. Yep. Um, let's see here. Team Cy Young, who's going to win it? I'm going to say... <clears throat> I, I'm going to hope that this is a bounce back opportunity, but I'm going to go Steven Matz. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Michaelis, I think. Yeah, I I want I that was the other guy that I had in mind. It's it's a very good pick. I mean, I think he's throwing as well as he was before he got injured. So yeah, uh, I I do like that. Comeback player of the year on the Cardinals. Um, I'm gonna go Stephen Matz again. Okay, I think yeah, I think the injury cost him. I think he was starting to really get into a groove before he got injured again. Um, but I, I I like everything that I saw out of him in spring training, and hopefully he carries that over. Because that, if he does, then the rotation gets an, a huge bump. I'm going to go Dylan Carlson. Um, I think that um, – I think he comes out and has a great year. Almost to the point where, you know, I think they're, they're – I think they give – O'Neal the uh the beta treatment at some point. Yeah. It could happen. It could you never happen. know. Um who's going to be the team MVP this year? Arenado. You think? Yeah. I think he he's he's primed for it. Um he had You're a really great World baseball classic. Say that again. You're rolling with Nolan. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, I'm rolling with Nolan. Yeah, I think that um, he worked on a lot this year, and I think we're going to be surprised with the what he rolls out. Um, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I think you know the the um the drive to want to continue getting better is just excellent, and um, especially for a guy we didn't have to fight to keep around. No joke. That is terrific. Um, who's going to lead the team in home runs, and how many? Wait, is that is that is? Are you agreeing with me that Nolan's? Uh, oh MVP? shit! I got to answer this question too. Yeah, I think that the team MVP. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Arenado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only other choice, in my opinion, is is Goldschmidt and. Not that he couldn't repeat. I just don't expect it to repeat. Not a 35. Yeah. Crazy shit's happened, though. Truth. Okay. Home runs now. Um, I'm going to go... If he's going to be my team MVP, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, Nolan Arenado. How many is he going to hit? Um, he's going to hit thirty-two. Okay, 
I'm going to go Arenado as well, but I'm going to go 33. His over-under, I think, was like 27 and a half, and I'm like, man. Oh, that's bang crazy. that over. I know. I'm like, boy, that is very, very doable. I, I, I mean, very doable for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he easily hits 28. I, I like I said, I think he hits at least 30. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't believe what I was seeing. I was like, man, that's super low. Um, okay. Now here's one that that by the end of the year that we get stuck on. Well, we get stuck on it because we're trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the Cardinals' record going to be this year? I told myself I needed to be prepared for this question, and <laughs> yet I'm not. But the over under, I think. Was eighty eight and a half total wins on FanDuel a couple days ago at least. I think they win at least ninety games, but I don't think they win upwards of ninety seven. So I think I'm going to stick with a very similar record to last year. And I'm going to say that they go. Let's see. Um, I'm going to take the 92, 92 and 70. That's where I'm going. Okay. 92 and 70. 92 and 70. This first first month of baseball is pretty it's a pretty tough schedule, I'm not gonna lie. It's not it's not easy. These first nine games you've got Blue Jays, Braves, Milwaukee. Well the uh, schedule all in all is not it's gonna be it's gonna tell us a lot about the Cardinals because they're playing everybody now. And it's gonna tell a lot about a lot of teams, really. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I think one team that I think a lot of people are super high on are the Dodgers, and I, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm really not. Uh, I think they have a uh, not. A, I don't think they have as great a year as they have in the past, and I think that's right. due to part of the schedule. But I also think they've lost a lot of pieces that just really won't, really don't, uh, or really matter to them. Like Trey Turner leaving them is is huge, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. Yeah, and that rotate and that rotation without a healthy Clayton Kershaw, definitely Walker Bueller. I mean, that's tough, man. It's not good. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, I'm going to say St. Louis. I've gone back and forth on this just because I'm trying to put everybody into play mm-hmm. instead of just the central. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go 91 and 71. Yeah. Uh, just I because don't, I don't that. last year we um, faced a lot of lot more inner division teams. And yeah, crappy teams. While we'll get those elsewhere, they won't be as prominent as they had been. But no, but but it's but it speaks to what you're saying. It'll tell 
it'll be very telling about the Cardinals if they can't handle those crappy teams in other divisions. Um, it'll be very telling, actually. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, see any major milestones happen this year? Um, the major only as in, major as in no hitters cycles. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be a, a cycle. I feel like it always happens. No, I mean on the Cardinals. Uh, oh, on the <laughs> on the Cardinals. I mean, a no hitter. No, because we haven't had one in <laughs> in what twenty two years, twenty three years. Um. So yeah, no. I'm gonna say no to that. Um. A cycle. I mean, if there's a player that's gonna do it. I mean, obviously, I didn't think Nolan Arnato was going to be able to do it, but I could see, you know, I could see a guy like Jordan Walker doing it or Tyler O'Neill hitting for the cycle, to be honest. See, I think um, I think if we have a cycle this year, it'll be one of Tommy Edmund or Brendan Donovan. <laughs> yeah, those those guys. Yeah, Tommy Edmund's a good candidate just because of the speed. Um, it's The triple is such a tough, tough beast. Leg man, um, yeah, no hitters. I don't, I'm not so sure. Complete game shutout. I think we see at least one or two. Yeah, I could getting a complete game shutout. Um, maybe Jack Flaherty. You never know. Never know. Uh, you know, that he would have been a good comeback player of the year candidate. Absolutely. I really, I really, we, you know, I, I don't think you can't understate this, but. Having a healthy Jack Flaherty um, and him pitching well is so critical to this rotation. It is. It is. Especially with Adam Wainwright out, he becomes even more of a critical pitcher. Mm-hmm. Okay. While we're finishing this up, I need one thing that's going to happen this year. Essentially a hot take. A hot take. Mm-hmm whatever it is on something that could happen this year. Mm. This could be off the wall of shit. That's fine. That's why we do this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say, well, you you might hate me for this, but I think it's got to happen. Oh Uh, shit. Here we freaking go. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, said this earlier but i'm going to say um juan yepes dylan carlson and another player gets traded for a a major starting pitcher at the trade deadline okay um my hope that it's shane bieber but uh, a starting pitcher who has number one stuff ability um, that's what I think is going to happen. That's my that is my hot take. Your hot take possibility ish. Yep. So mine is. Uh, I mean, I've got to parallel it. I think, I think that the outfield is going to be broke up. Um, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see one of Tyler O'Neill or Yepes get traded, if not both. Mm-hmm. Um. Most likely for a starting pitcher, obviously. 
But I do think that's going to happen. One, um, Yepes is essentially blocked right now. Whether you see it or you don't see it, I know there's a lot of people that are upset right now with him being sent down. But Juan Yepes is very much a, a very – He's one-dimensional. He's very one-dimensional. Um, he, he, is a, he is a DH hitter and that alone. Yeah. And yeah. that's tough to carry on the team when you need flexibility. Yeah, and a lot of people couldn't understand that with why they kept Modern around. Um, but Jordan Walker has an absolute cannon in the outfield. Yeah. So, um, you know, with, with Tyler O'Neill needing a new contract, Yepes not having one officially yet, um, I just think it's – I think you might see one of your your high up pitching prospects go with them, like a Gordon Graceffo. But um, I do think that that one or both of them do get traded at the deadline. It's so, and, and we're obviously on the same agreement here that it's very clear that a trade has to happen in order for the Cardinals to go far. Um, not necessarily. I do think okay. it's beneficial, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, this pitching staff could come out and just surprise the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With that being said, do we have a do we have a set in stone number one? Absolutely not. Would it benefit you? Yes, yes, it would. So, what do you do with your excess weight? You got to get rid of it sooner or later. If you're not, if you know in your heart you're not going to offer Tyler O'Neill an extension, mm-hmm. you might as well see what you can get. Um, mm-hmm. I think that possibly they're trying to trade somebody right now. Um, they have they're needing to open up a spot for Jordan Walker, and what Mosellock said yesterday was, um, you know, that'll come in the that'll happen in the coming days. Well, but I think that's going to be easily solved with some IL moves. So I don't uh, yeah. trade is going to happen, but uh, that doesn't mean that they aren't or wouldn't consider anything, obviously. Yeah. I mean, anything's possible, honestly. True, true. So, but that's what I've got. Um, I was ask you this. I know we, we you know, this has been very quiet, in my opinion. Um, what do you expect out of Wilson Contreras? On which side of the ball? <laughs> um, I would say both. I'm, I'll, I'll say both. You can start defensively and then work your way to to the offense. I mean, obviously, I mean, we're going to have a little and the, I asked that is because Ollie came out and said his three, four, five hitters are Goldie, Arnado, and Contreras. Okay. Yeah, I see. I, I see. Um, I see Contreras probably about twenty-one or twenty-two home runs. Um, probably the way that I mean, with how those two in front of him get on base, probably upper eighties, lower nineties in the RBI category. Um, I'm hoping he can adjust at Bush. It's going to be a little bit different than than Wrigley, of course. Um, but I'll say that on the offensive side of things, I mean, we're going to ha- get something out of a 
I mean, Yachty hit 20 home runs, what, one time, I think? Yeah. So I think we're going to get an offensive catcher, absolutely. Obviously, there will be some defensive uh, regression, and it will be interesting, obviously, to see how many people start running on us more. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he, he's, he's a veteran. Um, and he's, he's, he's good at what he does. He's, he's very team oriented. I know a lot of people are pissed with Kisner, but at the same time, you cannot, you cannot sit there and, and, and ship Kisner out of here whenever you've got Wilson Contreras and the other cat, you just can't do it. Right. Kisner has been with this team for years now. He knows the pitchers. You can't just say, well, you know, he's batting under 100. We're going to send him down. While theory that makes sense, it's not a premium position to the point where you have to fix that. He's going to get some at-bats, but not that many. With that uh-huh. being said, you don't want to get two guys in there that don't know the pitching staff like the back of their hand. While I think that Contreras has studied these guys, and spend enough time with them now, to me, you just can't have two new, brand new guys with this staff. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's some some continuity that that needs to be had, and as, as bad of a spring as Kisner had, a, you just have to keep that continuity, the status quo, essentially, um, because there are going to be days where. Um, Contreras will either be DHing or having the day off, mm-hmm. and he's not uh, He's not an energizer bunny. I I know that. Right. I I. But I'll go back to to last year when everybody was so high on Kisner. It just I'm I'm I just need to ask it. Where are you now? I have to. Know? Where are they now? Well, uh, the thing the thing is is. Not trying to chide or chap ass here, but I'm just being real. The thing is, is I was so high on Kisner for for uh, uh, a two week uh, espresso, and then all of a sudden now it's like, oh well, you know, I'm not sure he should have made the team. Well, which one is it? Well, everybody's so prospect hungry right now. I they, understand they want Herrera up here so bad, and while I would like to see him up here too, we've only got so many spots as a, in the catcher category. Um, Her- me anything so uh, where are they you know how these fans are the yeah. of course constantly i'm sure um i will add in though man that i should have done use this because i was talking to somebody about this earlier today my hot take let me scrap that real quick scrap it or just add it just add it no just add it. it to it yeah add to it Man, this one's gonna this one's gonna hurt. This one's gonna hurt. But I gotta say, it's gotta be said. I think that at some point in time that Edmund gets traded. Probably in for the pitching. Yeah, I mean no, I... This, hey, this is my hot take, whether you see it or not. The reason I say that. Is golly, like I said all along, that damn Mason Wynn can play some ball. 
<laughs> yeah, that play he made the other day was is truly incredible. <sighs> I mean, you, you have to make room for him, right? Uh, Not only that, but at the same time, Edmund's going to be needing a contract soon too. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I was telling somebody this last night. You cannot – you can't get rid of Mason Wynn. No. he He's untouchable to me. I, I agree 100%. I, and I actually said this the other – I think it was yesterday to somebody. But there was in, – in between Mason Wynn's play and Jordan Walker's spring, there is a reason why the Cardinals did not trade them. Correct. And I think people are missing that because I, again, for whatever reason, people are talking about Juan Soto trade and, and Dylan Carlson and all that stuff. And it's like, look, Dylan Carlson wasn't the hang up. <laughs> it was the fact that the Padres wanted these two guys in the same deal. And the Cardinals said, F you, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And for good reason. I mean, these, these two, these two prospects, are are just phenomenal players and and hopefully they have great careers as cardinals um but i'm i'm so impressed by what mason Wynn has done at, at such a young age and you know for a guy that probably you know wasn't going to make it any anyway he really pushed for a spot and probably would have won one if the cardinals didn't have a player like tommy edmund Oh, absolutely, and and I and I could see a trade if Tommy Edmonds included. I could see that. It's not super far fetched, but I, I that's when you have a guy like Tommy Edmond that can slide between shortstop and second mm-hmm. um, in case Mason Wynn needs a day off or or whatever. Even at third base, uh, you know, if if Nolan needs a day off, you have to have versatility. Uh, that's what that's what makes these players so valuable to the team. It's like a bunch of mini Ben Zobris all over. Well, watching Mason win, go, and my yeah. least favorite quote of all time, going about his business. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hate that. It's so annoying. Anyways, watching him, he's got every bit of swag. Mm-hmm. They said that Dexter Fowler had. And good, and he needs it. Yeah, you got to play confident baseball. When you when you lose all the confidence in 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 a game like baseball, you might as well hang them up right then and there. It's over. And and I hate to to invoke it, but look at Paul DeYoung. That I hate to say it, confidence matters. And when you lose confidence, you you will strike out. You you will you won't be able to to put the ball in play. Um. I I still wonder what the Cardinals see in him outside of defensive, you know, metrics, but you might as well set, you might as well cut the cord. I, I just don't get that. Well, and, and I know it's money related, but come on. Well, he's got, he's got nine, nine million left on this year. The next two mm-hmm. club options. Mm-hmm. Find somebody to at least take half or maybe, a quarter of it, they might be able to get a deal done. The problem is, is Paul DeYoung does not have the range that Edmonds got, that nope. Wins got, and it's, nope. The bat's just not there. I mean, I hate to yeah. keep 
jumping all over him because it's just not good right now. But at the same time, well, you're gonna have to step but, to the side. But even trying to trade him, who's gonna trade for somebody like him? Well, it could just be a, a change of scenery thing with him. That's fair. But even then, it's like okay, well, let's say you do find somebody to trade him. That means the Cardinals are probably taking on at least at least six million of that nine. That's that's chump change. I, I to to the Cardinals, but if that's the case, then why not cut him? I mean, you're right, and that they that could be something that's going on right now. Yeah, that, that that's what be, I'm saying. That could be talked about as we speak. They could be making some phone calls. I don't know. You know, we just do this podcast for free, and we're <laughs> wrong seventy eight percent of the time. But no, hey. come on, be be generous here. It's eighty. Okay, 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 okay. But. Yeah, so that's that's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the Cardinals are doing the right thing by going young, and I yeah. think if Mason Wynn makes an appearance this year, which I think he does at some point in time, um, that'll just show which way they're going even more. Right. Yeah, um, but um, did we did we predict or did we have a question about who wins World Series? Your your homer pick and then your non homer pick. So, my my homer pick, of course, and this is because on MLB The Show, <laughs> I played as the Cardinals, and they won the World Series. They actually swept the Astros in four. Wow. I made a couple trades. I traded for Chris Sale, which is a definite possibility this season. Mm-hmm. Traded for Kenley Jansen because I needed some bullpen help. Sure. Um. But we swept the Astros in four. No. My, that's my homer pick, of course. I want the Cardinals to beat the Mariners. The Julio Rodriguez's Mariners in six games. Who do I think has a the best chance of being in the World Series? I think you're I think you gotta take a long, hard look at uh the Phillies again to go yeah. back. Um they are very deep. Now if they can if they can hold the line until Harper gets back it can be even better. True. Um, I keep forgetting that he's out for a decent amount of time because of Tommy John. Uh, I think till at least the All-Star break. Yeah, till June, July is what they were saying. But um, Okay. So you, so you got, you would take the Cardinals and Mariners yeah. and then the Phillies and who? The Phillies and the Rangers, let's go wild. Let's go wild, wild. I see. I don't think the Rangers is a bad pick. I I think they, with the addition of of Degrom, um, that rotation starts to look pretty good. Um, they can hit. They've got some. They've got some boppers. You know, I think the shift going away is going to help out some of their left-handed hitters like Corey Seager. Um, so I, I like that. Okay. Um, my homer pick, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Um, I know you want to see it. I know you want to see it. Just lay it out there. You say the same damn thing. <laughs> no, no, I don't think, I don't think the Yankees will make it to the world series this year. Um, but I would love to see that just because of my dad's, uh, my dad and, and, and I share a little rivalry there, but I, I think if I had to pick a Homer World Series, um, I think it's going to be 
the Cardinals. Um, and you know what? I know this is going to sound crazy. Um, I'm going to say that the the Cardinals um, and the Blue Jays, I think, are going to make it to the World Series. Interesting. Yes. I, I like the Blue Jays team. I think they've got a, a solid squad. Um, the addition of Dalton Varsho, I think, is very underrated in my opinion. But we'll see. As for who I think will actually do it, um, I think <clears> – if I had to pick a team, um, I would say I really like the Braves still. Um, so I'm going to go Braves. And I'm also going to say um, – I'm going to go Braves uh, Mariners. Okay. I like that. Okay. So that's fine. That's uh, all I got. I'm, I'm tapped out. That'll do. No, that'll that'll do. In time, I am tapped out. Well, we're gonna close up shop. We're gonna close it up. Let's do it, guys. If you want to subscribe to the Turn to Pad podcast, podcast. Yeah. It's you on Apple Boston, iTunes. Your Boston. It's on podcast. Spotify. I don't know what happened to Google, but it used to be on there. Yeah. Um, but only a few days out from opening day. You know what do we always say? How about them? Cardinals. Woo!